Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Hills, do you love them or do you hate them? Well, we're going to talk about them today in a story from Ohio, and then I'm going to share a story that I call Commitment with Confidence, and we're going to talk about how our mind can be conditioned by the way we think. And with me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So I got a question. Did you purposely put Terry's story and your Dean's thoughts together, or did it just... Happened to line up that way. It happened to line up. I wow. wrote I wrote that story before I even saw what it's Terry's story. That's uh yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it they really do, is. They do go together, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope uh I've got this little head cold thing going on right now, so I'm hoping that uh I can get through this without coughing, number one. Yeah. And then let me tell you a story. I, I this I learned this and it works. And I know I'm gonna tell you and you're gonna go, No way that works, but it works. I know how to not sneeze. You ever you ever get in a situation where you have to sneeze and you don't really want to sneeze, but it's like when it comes, you just can't do anything about it? Mm-hmm. Here's how you don't sneeze. Whenever you get that feeling that you're about to sneeze, close your eyes and picture yourself sneezing. And the feeling will pass. And how did you figure this out? I heard it on a podcast. And this morning, I tried it for the first time, and I did it twice this morning, and it worked both times. So I'm one of those strange people that I don't really sneeze. Yeah. I I hold it in. I'm one of those that, I mean, I do the action, but I keep my mouth closed, and I hold it in. I don't know how you can do that. My head would explode. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, it feels good. I don't know. I'm weird like that. Well, yeah, I can see that. But sometimes, you know, maybe you're in a quiet setting or something, and I I don't know. like I said. Yeah, but then people look at you weird like, what did you just, because it looks like I'm having a spasm attack of some kind. <laughs> so people are looking at you like, I don't know which is more distracting. That's true. Uh, That's so. funny. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about our sponsor this week. Another one of our favorites, um, Hunter Williams over at Trinity Disposal. They are the go-to disposal company for Whitfield County and surrounding counties. Uh, Trinity offers residential trash collection and commercial front-end load dumpsters. Trinity is a very detail-oriented trash collection service, and they have excellent customer service reputation. So if you're interested in top-of-the-line disposal service here in northwest Georgia, call Trinity Disposal. Again, we've talked about them many times on here. We've talked about how if you forget to leave your garbage can out, I have actually seen them walk up the driveway and get the garbage can. So uh, it's just, you know, it's another example of whatever you do, do it to the best. Yeah. And, you know, Hunter and his team over there, I mean, it's a disposal company. Yeah. But they do it with excellence. And uh, so there again, if if you have a company out there and you won't run for God to support what you do and while at the same time you're supporting what we do, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com and he'll get you all the information. And we may talk about you just like we talk about Trinity Disposal. That's awesome. 
Facebook post from last week. Um, this may be this may be our last Facebook post we share, right? Uh, we, uh, we now have Run Club Social, Run so. and it's exploding. It is. It's, it is very active. Yeah. If you're not on there, you're missing out. Join the club. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that more here. Yeah. This one comes from Charles Peterman. It says, confession time, long post. I haven't been putting into run for God what God brought me here to do. Get back in shape both physically and spiritually. I picked up running in college and have always had a goal since then to run a marathon. I've always struggled with focusing on and putting time in my relationship with God. I always let my busy life get in the way. Scrolling through Facebook, I came upon Run for God's Couch to Marathon training plan a group to help me get back on track in both areas. I signed up. I did good at first. I was listening to the podcast regularly, got the devotions book. I was on track with the running plans. We traveled to Dalton for the 5K and had a blast. A weekend away for me and the wife while our four kids hung out with and got spoiled by Mama and Papa for the weekend. Then vacation time started. We did two trips this summer. First one to Gulf State Park, which happens to be part of the course for the Big Beach Marathon, if I understood the course correctly. I got two good runs in while I was there. Awesome trails, by the way. Those of you running the marathon in January will love the course. Next trip was out west for two weeks. We covered a lot of ground with a very full agenda. I planned to get my runs in, but didn't. I could give you excuses, but that's all it would be. Excuses. Got back from vacation with all intentions of diving right back in. Busy life again. More excuses. Running kids back and forth to ball practices. Getting ready to start school. Life got a new job. I got a new job. Life's busy and running and focusing on God. Uh, Took a back seat once again. Now here I am. Supposed to be three weeks into the half marathon training plan. I haven't ran once on the plan until today. But today I hit the trail. I did five miles and it felt good. It was great to have some time to let God speak as well. I'm one of those people who are an overthinker. I analyze literally everything. My wife hates it. Vascular disease runs in our family, both heart attacks and stroke. I was running and having what's the the typical response from my body when I haven't been running in a long time. I started thinking, what if I keel over with a heart attack? I thought, I'm not ready to go yet. I didn't want to give up what's around me, my many blessings. God has richly blessed me, and I'm very thankful for that. But then God placed a thought in my mind. He Is he first in my life? If I really did keel over with a heart attack, I'd be in his presence for eternity. What could be better than that? While I'm so blessed, those blessings are from God, and he has to be first. I've got to get the priorities right. So here I am, getting back in for what I joined this group to do, get fit spiritually and physically. I'm pushing forward with my running plan, diving back in, and using my runs to be still in the mental state to listen to what God has to tell me. If you're struggling, you've got this with God. We're not perfect. We're going to stumble, and that's okay. We get back on track, get stronger, and continue the journey. Have a blessed day, everyone, and Thanks for all you do to support one another and focus on running for God. What a blessing to be able to do. That's a great um, post that Charles posted. And I think it's so relevant right now because I think a lot of people fall into that trap. The difference is Charles was honest with himself. Yeah. He said excuses. I could give you excuses, but that's all they would be. Yeah. 
many times we fall into the same trap. I think we all fall into the same trap, Charles does. But we allow those excuses to become gospel mm-hmm. and reasons. We let them to go from excuses to reasons. And that's that that's where we fall off for mm-hmm. good a lot of times. But sometimes we need to just say, I messed up. I I, I slacked. I was lazy. Whatever we need to say and get back on. And the uh, truth is we all do it. Everybody Absolutely. does it. Whether it's in our running life or our quiet time, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the worst thing that can happen is for us to say, oh, I messed up, I'm not good enough, I'm done. Right. That's where a lot of people go. That's right. But there's there's nothing wrong with messing up. There's nothing wrong with missing a run. There's nothing wrong with missing 20 runs. Yeah. As long as you're honest with yourself. That's and right. And say, okay, I had, I had a goal and I had a plan and I got off that plan. I'm going to get back on starting today. Yep. And wipe the slate clean. Don't look back. Don't think about what you missed. Think about what you're going to gain going forward. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Debbie, I've, uh, yeah. she, I was so proud of her. I, I don't know if I've talked about I think I might have talked about this one time. But back, she had surgery back in the winter. And the day before she was to have surgery, we were walking. And I was, I was walking with her. And she told me, and I didn't even realize it at the time, that it was – over 200 days that she had walked at least 10,000 steps every day. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Well, I, again, at about a week after she had the surgery, she got back on on this streak, and I really haven't paid much attention to it. She's, about, she's back to 250 days. Hmm. She took that interruption, which was surgery, and just said, okay, I got interrupted. Now I'm just right back to where, right. you know, and, and, and jumped right back on the, on the wagon. And there's no reason not to do that. Yeah. And, but so many times it's like, well, I had, t- I had such a great streak going and then this surgery just ruined it. That's just too bad. Well, start over again. Yeah. And, uh, and it worked really good. You know, he talks about overanalyzing in here and <laughs> I joke all the time that, uh, you know me. I don't overanalyze anything. And I overanalyze everything. Because very often, I don't even analyze anything, right? So <laughs> uh, I just react. Uh, and I, I tell people, I really believe this. There's some truth to this, too. And a little tongue-in-cheek, but only halfway, is I think that's why I'm such a good runner. Because I don't think about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I never think. Uh, there's never a time in my life where I go, well, I'm dehydrated. That's why I'm having a bad run. Or... I don't, there's no, there's never an excuse. It's like, I'm just not trying hard enough. <laughs> you know, like if I just try a little harder, I'll be fine. And, uh, and, and I think that there's, that's good for us. Yeah. Sometimes it's just to, to quit making, like you said, make the, don't make the excuses, just move on. What do they call it? Paralysis of the analysis. Yeah. yeah. And I get, I get there sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think, um, but yeah, we, we've got to get out of that sometimes and just, just do what we set out to do. Well, you it's, do. it's, we complicate it. Yep, we do. I tend to complicate things mm-hmm. by analysis, but sometimes it's really as simple as we do it with the gospel. Yeah, the gospel is really simple. It is. Sometimes we'll overcomplicate it. Running is really simple, but we'll we'll start reading and analyzing and researching, and before we know it, we've made it into this complicated thing, and it's not. It's get out the door, put your shoes on, and go for a run or go for a walk. Yeah, it's really simple. That's what I always love about listening to old Billy Graham stuff. Oh yeah. 
He was so simple and so straightforward. You know, we listen to sermons today and we always, we get excited and, and for good reason that, yeah. you know, somebody takes this concept and they, they make it into something. And, you know, I, my, my, the Dean's thoughts that I do sure. are, you know, I'm taking different topics and I'm putting them together and trying to be creative with that. Billy Graham didn't even really tell stories. He no. just preached the cross the, and that was it that was it and it was so simple yeah um, yet you can listen to him preach the cross for hours yeah it's so fascinating yeah so fascinating yeah well, we had a trivia question for last week and it was this there is a tribe of people who use running to get from place to place in the copper mountains of mexico they were made famous by the book born to run who are these super athletes of course you knew this one yep yeah, the Tarahumara Indians. Um, they're described again in that book, Born to Run. It's a great book. I love the way that book kind of weaves in and out of. It talks about the Tarahumara and kind of who they are, um, and then it, it it weaves in this idea uh, of um, of how we're born to run. Our, our bodies are literally made for distance running, and then you know it goes into some of the minimalist stuff that's not very popular anymore mm-hmm. but uh, but it's interesting and uh, and it and then of course on overlaying all of that is this story about getting this big race together and uh, it's it's just a it's a really good read it's a fairly quick read when at least it was for me once I got started on it man I went through that book in a hurry um, it's really fascinating when you read the scientific evidence between bef, be, behind why we're made to run long distances because mm-hmm. there's there are a lot of reasons and it, it i couldn't help but think that god made us that way for a reason mm-hmm. right and he talks about some of those reasons now he doesn't put it in the god context in the book but you can read through that and i thought you know the bible is is every time we learn more mm-hmm. about science the Bible becomes more and more true. Sure. And just recently, I don't know if you saw the the James Webb Telescope. Have you seen this? I've heard to, a little bit about that. No, I haven't dug into it. Well, it it took some pictures further out into, right. and, and and these pictures were more clear than the old Hubble Telescope was able to take. And they have learned that the whole idea of the Big Bang Theory looks like mm, doesn't work. And uh, I mean. That, for, for us, that's there's no surprise to that. Right. But for so many people, I'm wondering how they, you know, that that it's like the Big Bang Theory is almost a religion to them. Um, yeah. I, I wonder how they feel about that today. But the more, again, the more we see and the more science discovers, the more we realize God, it's amazing what he created in the blink of an eye. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I've heard a lot of people say it. I've said it, that it, to me it takes more faith to believe in that than it does to believe in what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, uh, I don't know, we won't get into that, but it, you know, for, for something like the big bang to happen, I, I just, I don't even see how that's a theory. Yeah. I mean, obviously it is, but I, right. and maybe it's just because I've never even entertained that idea. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, these Tarumar Indians, they can run literally for hundreds of miles, and it's fascinating to see um, what they do. They have this little game that they play where they they have this – it's like a hoop that they roll with a stick. Um, I've read – it's very interesting. And um, 
the story of Caballo Blanco, which is the one of the, the mysterious figure mm-hmm. in the book. It's fascinating. So if you haven't read Born to Run and you're looking for something that's just kind of fun and interesting and a little educational at the same time, go out and get the book Born to Run and check it out. Um, it's it's an older book now, but it's it's still a good one. So I feel like they should make a movie out of it. And uh, I don't I I, I want to say that I had heard at some point in time that maybe they they talked about it, but they never have never done it. So I wish they would. That would be a great documentary. We, we watched uh, the other night as a family. Uh, and, I, and I don't really endorse this movie because it does have some language in it. But have you ever heard of the movie 127 Hours? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. It's it's. Yeah. uh Yes. It's insane. I mean, and, and I won't give it away. Well, I'm not endorsing it. So, I, anyway, it to me, the whole thing behind that movie, what was so incredible, is the power of the mind. Yes. It's just to be able to do what he did. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, there's just so many, there's so many things about endurance in there, um, mm-hmm. perseverance. The will to live. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I would love to sit down and interview that guy. Yeah. Cause that would be incredible. But, uh, yeah, we, we won't give any more away than that. But, well, I talked about it in, uh, that the survive, survive like a five year old story I shared just in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, I talked about that movie. Is that, is that why the, I guess for some yes. reason the movie came to my mind and I was like, we need to watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't remember what made me think about that's it. probably it was, why we've talked about it in the past few weeks. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that shows my age right there. Well, I'm getting those senior moments. <laughs> I knew the, there was a reason that I looked at movie. Join up. the club. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's it's a great document. Like I said, there is some language in it um, because it is a true story about this guy. Um, but yeah, if you want to see what the outer limits of what a human can do watch that movie yeah um, it's uh it's pretty incredible yeah and if you see the movie think about it in the context of your own life and realize how much more you're capable of than what you think you and are. i will warn you if if you have a weak stomach my wife used to work in the medical field yeah and and she she got a little woozy yeah uh, at it but it, i mean it's true i and i actually went back and watched a interview with him and tom brokaw Huh. Uh, where they went back to that spot and it was you you could hear him getting emotional yeah you know, bet. being there so um i can't anyway, imagine wow I digress. all right so we're in as of this recording we are one full week into the launch of the new website and it's going great yeah uh, everybody's pouring in here run club social is just um going nuts uh people are loving the new platform for the the couch to marathon all the challenges uh they're liking the way that that integrates where you can go in and select your start date and boom you're off you get all the notifications for every every class for every workout you get all those in your email um and uh yeah it's going great so if you're out there and you're a run club member and you have not yet made that move check your email you have an email maybe in spam i don't know where it's at uh, if you don't reach out to us and we'll get you that email, but giving you the, the directional how to make that switch. Um, if you're out there and you've never joined run club, man, now's the time yeah. to join us. We got a lot of cool things coming up. Uh, so go to runforgod.com. It is the new website. If you're out there and you're wondering why well, I need to button something up on the old website, there is an option over on the more tab on runforgod.com. You can go down to the, 
uh, I think we call it the legacy site. So if you need to access that old site for whatever reason, you can. But if you are a member and you need to make that switch, you simply go on, you join, and we issue a credit for the unused part of the old website. And it's uh, it's the same it's the same dollar amount. It's a yeah. little bit confusing, but basically. You're paying now to join the new site and we're refunding you on the old site for what you didn't use. So it works out to be the same dollar amount in the end. But um, yeah, it's been great so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Been fun to see. Um, I may never go on Facebook again. I don't know. That's (laughs) that's, I've never been a big social media. Well, somebody came on and I had never seen this person's name and it may be one of those. It was for this reason, but they weren't active at all on the Facebook group. Well, evidently now they're on the new run club social. Well, they went on the Facebook group and said, I'm so excited because this Facebook group is about to be obsolete. (laughs) And it was kind of, you know, everybody's got their reasons for not wanting to be on Facebook. I get a lot of them. I am on Facebook. Uh, but this is, this is, uh, this is something that can't be shut down. We can say what we want to say. Not that we say anything bad. No. We we talk truth. We share stories. We encourage each other. It's all in love. Um, but nowadays, that is that is being attacked on some platforms, and yeah. and it happened to us on the Instagram platform, right. which is what kind of spurred all this along. So uh, so yeah, go check out runforgod.com and uh, see what it's all about. Yeah. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. have you thought about sharing your story but you haven't yet what are you waiting for we uh we love to hear new stories we're sharing new stories we're going to share one here in just a minute and if you haven't shared yours yet and you've thought about it well go ahead it's really really simple you can go on the website and it says submit my story it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. We even have a template to kind of walk you through exactly what we're looking for. So uh, submit your story and share it because somebody out there needs to hear it. Well, do you measure your running weeks from Monday through Sunday or Sunday through Saturday? I start everything on Monday. Everything's Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think most people are that way. There's a few people who will argue that Sunday is the beginning of the week. And but most calendars you buy, it's Sunday. Yeah. I think so, that's probably why some people still measure their running weeks. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm I'm a Monday through Sunday person too. I don't know, I don't know why. But you know what? There's another alternative that we don't talk about. And I had a friend of mine one time who um, shared this with me that he would do nine day rotations in his running. So he would he would do like a workout two easy days a workout two easy days a long run two easy days so it turned out to be a um, nine day rotation Mm -hmm. and so he was getting his long run in every nine days instead of every seven days 
And we've kind of crammed our weeks into seven days because that's what the calendar does, Mm -hmm. right? But there's no reason why you have to do that. Now, for some people, and I would guess the reason why we do that is because for a lot of people, they're off from work on the weekends, and so they have more time on the weekends, and so that's when they do their long runs. But if you're not in that boat and you don't have to do your long runs on the weekends, there's an alternative for you. Um, some people do 10 day weeks even, um, you can, you can do it however you want to. Yeah. You know, I mean the lanes, uh, triathlon coach now he, he operates on a nine and 10 day Does he? block and, and that's fine. I guess I'm, I'm too OCD Yeah, yeah. for that. Or I, I don't know what the right acronym is, but to me having a nine day training schedule would be like running in lane three on the track. You know, it just it, <laughs> it it makes me twitch. It's like when I show up to the track and I see you running backwards on the track. Yeah, it, it makes me twitch, and and I understand why you're doing it. Yeah, but it's still like it just doesn't. I'm all about patterns, templates, schedules, and a nine day training block fits into nothing. Yeah, you know, other yeah. than that's what the training is. So, yeah, I guess I'm just a creature of habit and it's tradition and and even if it's a little bit wrong which i don't say it's wrong yeah i say it's yeah. just different from a nine day but yeah when i heard lane was was going you know to be doing some different day length training blocks i was you know started twitching yeah yeah so um, well, i think it's interesting i think we've got to look out outside the box occasionally and that's true. Uh, you know what's funny is you mentioned me walk running around the track the opposite direction typically if i get on a track and i do an easy run i typically run backwards yeah and then on my workouts, I run forwards. Right. And um, have now, you ever done a workout backwards? I haven't. That would be weird. Um, it? We did with the college girls one time, and I can't remember. Oh, I know why. We were we were alternating. We only had a half the track, and so we were doing two hundred mm. repeats. So we went back and forth. I think I remember that. I think I was there that day. Yeah, and it was it was strange. Football was but, using her something. But I've tried to run because here's the thing: when I do easy runs, I run on the outside of the track. When yeah. I do hard runs i'm running on the inside of the track so now what i have found is it feels really weird to run easy on the inside of the track because i'm so used to running backwards on the when i'm running easy on the track that it feels funny to run yeah it's when i did there was a time period i can't remember if i was running or walking at this point i think i was when i was walking when i first started walking a good bit early last year that if you I would walk lane one and then lane two and then lane three and then lane four. And I think if you do that for every two miles, you pick up a lap. If I remember that correctly, yeah, that sounds like it's so possible. for, if yeah. you do that, you would only walk seven laps to walk two miles. Okay. So I got that. That's why I started nerding out. On, yeah. You know, I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole, but that doesn't sound right. Or is it three miles and you pick up? I probably probably it's, it's, three it's, it's miles. It's a certain, it's an even distance. Two miles or three miles, you pick up almost exactly one lap. I'll bet it's three miles because I know if you run on the outside lane, yeah, it's um, it's a little less than 100 meters more. So it would take four laps on the outside, all the way on the outside, like outside the outside lane, okay. just just to get an extra lap. So I would think, that's a lot further than lanes one through four. Well, maybe it's three then. I, I just remember it was an even, yeah, even mileage where you pick up 
That makes sense. Exactly one lap. Yeah, and then so. it's easier to figure out how many of the laps you've run, you've, where you've walked, run, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. the reason I was doing it. Cause yeah. I, you know, you lose walking track. on a track, you're just like, you know, banging your head against the wall, but it's, I don't even know why I was doing it. I don't even know why we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to talk about hills. We'll go from track, the okay. absolute flattest, to hills. So I get this message from, uh, you know, Co. Mm-hmm. Um, ask, he was in town asking if I wanted to go for a run, and I'm always up for a run with Co. You know, yeah. he, he's a geek about yeah. running like me, so I love talking with Co. And uh, so I, I said yes. I assume we normally run up in Cahutta where it's relatively flat. And so I just kind of assumed when I agreed that we would probably do that. Well, he had a different idea. His idea was to run the Peden Loop. Mm. Well, you know the Peden Loop. Mm. That's not just hilly. That's hilly, hilly. Yeah. And I had just run two days before that. I had run Mount Sinai. I really wasn't looking forward to any hills. <laughs> but... It's what he wanted to do. So I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm in. So and how is he doing? He's doing well. I haven't, he's, I haven't seen him. I, t- I talked to his dad every now and then at church. He's got the sweetest gig right now. Really? Because he's got one more season of eligibility left that he's going to use. And he's co-oping, so he doesn't even have to go to class. Mm. So it's uh, it's it's really awesome. So how's his running doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. He's he's healthy again. You know, he had some, some struggles last year. Yeah. Um, but he's... He's done well. I mean, Good. for a guy that ran, what, 1740, 1730 in high school, he's gotten down into the mid-15s. Yeah. And um, so he's he's doing well. So and the guys, for, proud of for those of you who don't know, that this guy's name is Coe Booker, and he went to Coe College in Des Moines, Iowa, which is a long way from here. And he claims he didn't go there because the name of the college is Coe. Yeah. I used to have a hard time believing that. <laughs> I, I'm sure that factored in somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's talk about hills. This one comes from Terry Price. He's a friend of ours from Ohio, um, and uh, Terry has lost a bunch of weight mm-hmm. over this last year, and it's uh, it's really, really cool to see. He alludes to it in this story that he calls hills. So here's a question for you. What is the purpose of hills? I have to confess, I ask myself this question every time I run hills. Fact is, I've spent most of my running life looking for ways to avoid hills. I looked for flat areas to train, and the easiest way to get me to sign up for a race was to put the phrase flat and fast in the ad for it. That was my feelings as it pertains to hills or hill work until recently. This year has been a resurgent year for me when it comes to my running. I lost quite a bit of weight and have been able to run more, faster, and pain-free. It is the best I have felt in years. Because of this, I signed up for our local race, the Akron Marathon Half and Relay, and this year I decided to do the full marathon. This is no easy task by any means. The first half of the race is fairly fun and pedestrian, but the second half is anything but. It is a Boston qualifying course that that in the second half is very challenging, even to a seasoned hill runner. We have one hill, Garmin Street, which is affectionately known as Heart Rate Hill. It is called this because besides being steep, it is long and will definitely raise your heart rate big time. So why did I decide to do this? Why run this race now after avoiding hills all these years? Well, I'll tell you a secret little shared. I now know the truth about hills. 
Hills are a visual of our lives, and to me, especially the Christian life. In James 1, 2 through 4, the author says to count it as joy when we face various trials, knowing that the trying of our faith will work patience, and at the end of the day, will perfect us. That's paraphrased. To sum it up, it's these hills in life that make us develop and become stronger people and believers. Make no mistake, these hills still are not fun and never something that we look forward to, but there are some takeaways that we can learn from both from both that will help us to handle them. The first takeaway about hills in life and in running is that they are unavoidable. No matter where you run, there always seem to be at least one hill, be it big or small. It's the same way in life. At some point, if you live long enough, you will face adversity. But there is the good news for every uphill in life or the on the trail you encounter, there will also be a downhill just over the crest if you can just wait for it. I find it interesting in the Bible that, that when something significant happens, it always comes to pass. It never comes to stay. So when bad things happen, just know it came to pass in the same way when life is handing us an easy downhill. That, too, came to pass. Another aspect to hills, as well as adversity in life, is that you have two choices. You can fade and shrink, or you can attack it with enthusiasm. In the past, when I got a hill, got to a hill in a race, I would just try to survive. Now I'm attacking the hill and pushing myself to make it my advantage, and there are ways and techniques that can help. For example, I now incorporate my arms and torso in the climb. Both help my momentum and build my speed going up. Likewise, I lean into the incline and give myself leverage going up. Lastly, I self-coach. Many times you'll hear me say, you can do this, or embrace the pain, or even push, push, push. In life, we should do the same thing when encountering difficulty. We need to use God's word to our advantage. When we're in need of answers, we should lean into the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know of anything more positive than prayer. My last thought is this. Many times in running and in life, it is easy to look at the hill or adversity and have the urge to give up. My brothers and sisters, I implore you, do not give in to that urge. They are here for a purpose, and that is to make you stronger physically and spiritually. Just last night, my Run for God group did hill repeats after our training run. Afterwards, I asked, why do you think I wanted, wanted you to do hill repeats with me? Joking, one of my veterans of the group said, because you want to punish us? <laughs> Funny, but they know the truth. It's because in our upcoming race, we're going to be starting by going uphill. And by building this base now, when we get to that hill, we will be ready to get up and get past it so we can better enjoy the downhill or blessing that follows for putting in the work. Additionally, I had them do it with me because I want them to know, like our Heavenly Father is with us through tough times, I was going to be right there with them to lead them along the way. This requires them, as well as all of us, to do two things, trust and follow. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. That's a great story. Terry, I... You know, I commend him. Gosh, I've seen the, the pictures. Yeah. About 100 pounds, isn't it? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, wow. Incredible. I mean, we, we've seen these uh, we've seen these stories several times of some pretty radical changes that people have made. Um, 
I think Terry's was partly run for God. Maybe he was doing some other things as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But just, wow, it's it's incredible to see the transformation. And it's a testament to, you know, we, we always we always talk about people say I'm, I'm too old to run, uh, whatever, I, all these reasons. But we never talk about, and, and I heard it just uh, a few days ago, a gentleman said, well, I need to lose 30 pounds before I can start running. No. No, you don't. Nope. No, you don't. You need to start slow, mm-hmm. but you need to be steady. You need to be consistent. You need to be. Um, you need to get on a plan, and you don't have. You don't have to get ready to start running. Yeah. You can start at the five k challenge on week one, day one, really almost at any weight. Um, and and Terry's Terry's a picture of that. Yep. I mean, this That's man right. lost about a hundred pounds, and he he worked on his diet, and he started running. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great story too. Along yeah. with this. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, what running and weight loss will do is when you, when you start losing that weight and you're, and you're already running, you get to feel how much yeah. easier running is becoming. Yeah. And it's really, it's a motivator sure. to want to stick to that diet and to continue to do well because mm-hmm. you, you're feeling it even more than you would if you weren't running yeah so yeah and of course i've talked about it before i am not a fan of hills i like running fast and you can't do that when you're running hills and so (laughs) i think that's the the whole thing but i do them anyway right just like co called me and you know said do you want to go for a run and the the company was more important to me than the fact I was going to be running hills. Sure. And I'll take the hills along with it because yeah. that's just what comes with it. And yeah. it's like that way in, it's that way in life, right? Yeah. Hills just come along sometimes and you just don't have any choice. And um, what's funny is we got through with that run and I felt fine. And we actually ran a lot faster than than I thought we were running. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't a big problem. And a lot of times if we'll just embrace hills and just go after it and not really think about it that much, that's the way we'll get through them. Yeah, and so many times we, we have – <clears throat> you know, it's it's all about our attitude. So many times we have the kind of three different attitudes when it comes to hills and running or hills and life, whatever you want to look at it. You know, one is I can't do that, and you turn around, you walk away, and you, you live with the regret of that. Number two is I don't want to do that, kind of like the time me and you took out on a run. I don't remember <laughs> where it was down in – it was uh, at the Rock region, Mart, Rock it? Mart. Yeah. And there's this huge hill, and I wanted to turn around. You're like, no, nah, we're going up it. And, and – I did it. I barely ached about it, but I felt great when I got to the top. And number three is you have a good attitude the whole time. Yeah. And that's what you deal with Co. You, yeah. you kind of didn't want to do it, but you're like, oh, okay. Number three is always the best. Number two, number two, there's things to be learned too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't want to do it and you do it and you realize how you feel at the end, but number one is never a good option. No. no. Um, always, always get out the door. Always take the, the first few strides up that hill. Is it going to hurt? Yeah. Is it going to be hard? Yeah. Is it going to be worth it? You bet. And we're occasionally going to choose that first op- option. Yeah. And the, and the key is just to to do that as little as possible. Yeah. Right. Yep. I'm kind of like Terry here. He, he you know he says that he would create these non hilly routes. Well, here's the interesting thing about where I live, is I come. You know, there's only one way out of my subdivision. Kind of like going out of here. Yeah. 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 You go out. Yeah. And if I turn right out of out of there, it's pretty flat. Mm-hmm. If I turn left. It's going to be hilly. And so um, that's kind of my choice is right there. Do I want to run hilly or do I run flat? Well, I probably run 10 to 1 to the right, the, the, the flat. Well, but what I was going to say is kind of like here. You're, 
there's no flat way to run from your house because you live on a hill. No, that's true. So you're going to finish on a pretty good hill. That is true. So, yeah. yeah. James 1, 2 through 6. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind." Of course, we've talked about this verse a number of times. Of course, he expands it into more. And I think it's it's interesting the way God puts stuff together. I, we've been talking about this in Sunday school class mm-hmm. about wisdom. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the way he talks about the trials and kind of embracing trials. And then he talks about wisdom and puts those two things together. I don't know that I ever really looked at this that way before. Um but it takes wisdom to find joy in trials, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what he's saying here. I never really looked at it quite that way, but um, that's how we can find joy in the trials is by the wisdom of looking back mm-hmm. and seeing where he brought us through those things before. And and as we go through those things, we, we get wiser and we realize that oh, this is could be a good thing and I should embrace it. Yeah, I guess, and I know you're going to talk about Mount Sinai here in a minute, but I, I, I use Mount Sinai or Fort Mountain. Think about the first time we ask an athlete to run Fort Mountain or to run Mount Sinai. Yeah. I mean, they're a bit freaked out. Yeah. I mean, I remember the days, I mean, we were asking kids, basically, to run these mountains, and, and they were freaked out, but they they did it because they trusted us. Yeah. And then after that they started doing it for a whole different reason. They yeah. knew it was going to hurt, but they knew that there was a reward at the top. Yeah. And the reward was, it wasn't anything we were giving them. It was the self-satisfaction of, I did that. I did something hard and it, it made me a better person. Everything God gives us, everything God allows into our life does the same exact thing. And just like those athletes trusted us that first time, each time we trust God, to walk through these hills or, or, or valleys or whatever it is in life, we gain wisdom. Yeah. And the more and more wisdom we gain, the more and more not that we look forward to it, because we're never gonna look forward. I don't I, I would I don't know that I would stretch it and say that we we look forward to the trials and the valleys of life. Cause truth be known, we don't look forward to a hill workout. Yeah. We can get amped up about it because we know it's going to be good for us. But if there were another way to get the same strength without doing hill workouts, I think you and I would both say, yeah, give me that. Yeah. But there's not. Yeah. And so we know the benefit and we, 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 we get amped up. We get uh, excited in the process because we know it's what it's going to do for us. Yeah. It's the same thing with God. Yeah. You know, we just need to trust God initially and then use that wisdom going forward to know that, his word is true. His word is sufficient, and we're going to be better for it. Yeah, for sure. Proverbs 2, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. It's another one we've talked about a lot. Yeah, I, actually, it's I think it's Proverbs 3, 5 through oh. 6. 
it um, is, yeah. But yeah, I, I like the I like the New King James version better. It said it says direct your path, not make your path straight. Um, I just like that version better because it's more of a picture of the, the more we focus on God, the more He's going to show us where we need to go. The more light that's going to be shed on our path. Um, you know, it it's the more the more we read God's word the more we talk to God, the more we cultivate that relationship with God, the easier it becomes to trust God. You know, last night uh, in the youth group, we talked about, we had the whole talk about faith and works, you know, because mm-hmm. especially to a high schooler and we have middle schoolers in there, it, it, it can be a little confusing. It can be a little confusing to us. You know, sure. faith without works is dead, but we will know you, have faith by your works so it, it, it can be a little confusing but I, I always put it back into a parent-child relationship you know i asked some of the guys in there i asked one of the guys i said if your dad t- calls you tonight and tells you to stop and get a gallon of milk what are you going to do he said i'm going to stop and get a gallon of milk and i said why and he said because he told me to i said but why you're not doing it because he told you to if mm-hmm. a random stranger told you to stop and get them a gallon of milk you may or may not do it, and if you didn't do it, it's, it's because why? And he said, because he's my dad. And I said, but what does that indicate? And he said, a relationship. And I said, exactly. The more you talk, I said, if you didn't talk to your dad for two years and he called you out of the blue and asked you to stop and get a gallon of milk and come see him, you're going to have a lot of questions. Yeah. And it's the same way with our relationship with God. The more space we let get in there, the more we tend to doubt and the more we, and it's because we don't know, but if we keep that relationship tight and close, then our works are going to come natural, which to the outside world shows our faith. It's not because of our works. It's because of our faith that we do the works. And that's only, that's only made possible through a a close relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a good, good connection. The other thing that I see about this is, of course, it's telling us to trust in the Lord. And, and I think about it from a running, walking standpoint. Very often, the idea of getting through that workout, getting through the marathon, getting through all this training is looking outside of ourselves. Mm. And in this case, we're, we're talking about leaning on God for things. But a lot of times we can look outside of ourselves in other ways as well. So whenever i remember signing up for to do an ironman and you remember that i signed up for an ironman before i ever did triathlon because it was like well there's other people that have done it Mm -hmm. so i know i can do it if other people can do it i can do it you know and um a lot of times we struggle with something and we see that I, i see so many people who that they struggle with themselves if they just look externally mm-hmm. and look at somebody else and go, well, she did it. And we see this in run for God classes, right? Mm-hmm. Where run for God classes, they're very, sometimes the first class is small and then the second class is really big because mm-hmm. people see, oh, I can do that. Susie did it. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. And so we, we see other people do things and then we realize, okay, we can do that. Well, this is leaning on God is all about looking outside of ourselves mm-hmm. and finding that. We can do whatever it is God's got us to do, mm-hmm. because uh, because he'll, he'll give us what we need. 
uh, yeah, so that's how we get through hills. It kind of goes. It kind of goes to the whole. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yeah. me. It's it's the whole idea. So many times we distort that verse and say, "I can do anything," mm. um, because God will strengthen me to do it. That's that's not true. It's it's I can do anything that God lays on my heart because He laid it on my heart. I trust that if He lays it on because so many times God asks us to do hard things, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we say? I can't do that. You're right. You can't do that. But with His strength, you can do that. And that's it's it's all about that relationship to Him. That's where the magic happens. It's it's um, I, I, yeah. It, yeah. We have to keep that close connection. The the daily reading, the praying, the talking to God. He. It is a. It is a real relationship, just like you and I have a friendship. Yeah, it's it's that real, even more real. Yeah, I just had a. I, I've got a, a family, uh, and they're they're dear friends of ours, and he just had brain surgery, mm-hmm. brain cancer, um, and then uh, he was recovering from that, and then uh, had a seizure, was having trouble just putting two words together at this point. Then he and his wife both got COVID. Hmm. Then she got shingles. And they're going through wow. all this stuff all at the same time. And they're just fantastic people. And she said, you know, God, she said, God's mad at me. <laughs> and I said, God's not mad at you. Yeah, I said, you know what happened? God knows you're tough enough to handle it. And you're taking it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. That, that, and then she said, well, I guess God told us he wouldn't put more on us than we can handle. I said, no, what really God said is God wouldn't put more, more on us than he can handle. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. And if we will look outside of ourselves, and they do. They're a very, very faithful family. And they'll look outside of themselves and go, God, you, you got it. You're going to help us through this, and, and we're going to get to the other side of this thing. And, um, and they will mm-hmm. because of it. Do not worry about your physical well-being. People who don't know any better run after all the things they want. But your heavenly Father knows your needs. Run for His kingdom and His righteousness, then everything that you need will be taken care of. It's Matthew six thirty-two and 33. Well, I've seen that this over the past several years. Um, and, of course, you have too. Mm-hmm. Where when you focus on God, He's going to point you in the right direction. Um, the interesting thing that I, I see about this though, is it says, do not worry about your physical well-being. What else does the Bible tell us? Treat your body as a temple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, which is it God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it's, it seems counterintuitive to say, don't worry about your physical well-being. Right. Um, but what he's talking about is he's talking about, he, he will take care of us. We'll do the things he wants us to do. He'll take care of us, just like the birds of the air mm-hmm. and the lilies of the field and, and all the, the you know, you know, the, the verse. I can't mm-hmm. quote it, but right. you know what I'm talking about. And uh, but we get so anxious and so worried and so tied up in knots when God says, says right here, do not worry about your physical well-being. Mm-hmm. God's going to take care of you, just like my friends know deep down god's going to take care of them and that's what i guarantee you at night they're they're sitting there together and they're praying god we know you got this and what a you know 
I'm sure that couple, they're like, I'm sure the question comes into their mind. Why God? Yeah. Why, why us? Why together? Why at the same time? But think about the people that are around them that is seeing their attitude. You know, they're, they're keeping God in the conversation and think about how powerful that is, how powerful of a testimony that is to people who may not know God. And they, they think to themselves, well, if I was in their boat, I would be mad. I would be upset. I would be depressed. Mm-hmm. But they're not. Yeah. Why? Maybe maybe that person has dealt with something in the past, and they look back and they say, I didn't handle it like that. I need to know what they've got that allows them to handle it like that. And yeah. sometimes God lets us get there because there's somebody we don't even – we're not even thinking about yeah. that is watching us. And – the impact that that can make. So it's, it's even more important when we're going up the hills of life or in the valleys that, that we keep our focus on God, because that's when people are really looking at us. Yeah. How, how is that person going to react in this situation? They call themselves a Christian. Here's the test. Yeah. And it's exactly what it is. It is a test. How are we going to react? And if, if we keep our eyes focused on God, we can change a lot of people in the process. We sure can. Yeah, I think about we. I think sometimes we don't really believe that when we say it that mm-hmm. we can rely on God. But I don't think we would have a multi multi billion dollar drug trade focused on anxiety and relieving our anxiety if we did believe it now there are people who have serious chemical issues who need those drugs i'm not saying that i'm not saying that there shouldn't be those drugs out there god i think i'm I'm a believer that god provided those drugs but i don't think nearly as many people need them if they had god you know what i'm saying do do we turn to god first or do we turn to the medication first? Right. That that should be the question you ask yeah, yourself. That's a good good way to put it. Have I turned to God? Mm-hmm. Have I done? Have I exhausted every avenue in my walk with Christ? And then is is medication warranted after that? But so many times, I mean, yeah. I mean, you talk about in this country. I we're, I forget the number. I've seen a study before or some statistics before of antidepressants in this country versus other country it's it'll blow your mind yeah and it's because as a society we're being driven to the answers are in something else when many times the answers in our relationship with christ because that's the best antidepressant that's the best anxiety reliever is a close abiding personal relationship with Christ not not your Sunday morning church pray before your food it's it's getting on your hands and knees at some point in the day and having that one-on-one time with God mm. that'll fix a lot of our country's problems yeah it, it will but it's it's um it's not easy yeah just like that hill that you go run it's not easy yeah but it fixes a lot of things it does Debbie and I were just talking last night about our country and and where we are. And I I told her, I said, I've always looked at Sodom and Gomorrah Mm -hmm. and thought, how in the world do you get there? (laughs) Well, I hate to say it. We're headed in in a direction now that's not not good. Uh, Question. 
What are some hills you are facing in your life right now? We just climbed the hill of a new website, right? <laughs> that was. That I was don't know if hard. I would call that a hill, but yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it, it was a challenge. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a challenge a hill. that that, uh, that we're we're kind of I hope we're at the top of right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have some issues with it, but yeah, I mean, we we and, and I think it's good. Just like this question asked. We need to ask ourselves these questions because the past is what offers wisdom. We talked about it earlier. Um, you, you need to sit and think about, because a lot of times we don't want to. You know, we get through something and we're like, wipe that out of my memory, but we don't need to do that. We need to really study and think about that last hill that we were in our life or that last valley yeah. um, that we were in in our life because that's where wisdom comes through. Mm-hmm. That's where we see God. We can clearly see it looking back. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We've talked about that before. But we need to look back and really think about those times in our lives where things were hard, mm-hmm. where we found ourselves sitting in a church building in the middle of the day saying, God, help me with this. Because that, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm thinking about a football game. We got... Cahulla Creek Northwest tomorrow night. You know, what do they what does every football do on Saturday mornings after Friday night football? They talk about it. They go watch the tapes. Yep. What what'd we do good here? What'd we do wrong here? And then they get better from that. Mm-hmm. We can do that in our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You know, because every time we walk through a valley, we don't walk through it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Not one of us do. And we can learn from each time and we can get better and better each time and we can shine God's light more and more each time because we walk through those valleys we walk through i don't know i'm getting mixed up on the hills and valleys here you know in spiritual <laughs> yeah. life we like to tend to think of it as a valley and running we think of but it's the same thing it is we, we yeah. can get better the more we do it mm-hmm. and when we look back at it when we've done it what could we do better yeah we get better at it yep and that sounds weird i want to get better at walking through valleys but <laughs> we don't usually think of it that way, though. But we should. Yeah, but think about this, okay? We, in general, for most people, then we may we may spend a period of our lives living in Florida, but most of the time we're living in Western Colorado. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there, there's people who move to Boulder, Colorado, on purpose. So that they can embrace those hills. Now, I'm not saying we should go out there looking for for trouble and and things. But but to some degree, those people are doing it because they know it'll make them better. And we should look at our opportunities the same way. Well, many times God will put a hill in front of us. Mm -hmm. And we'll turn around and go the other way, leaving that hill and God behind us. That's Yeah. And that's the wrong direction. Embrace it. Go with it. And God will make you better for it. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes too. Some people just have more hills than others. Um, I, you know, I think about Debbie and her health. You know, she's running on a treadmill that's set at four percent all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm running on the flat treadmill, <laughs> and it doesn't seem fair sometimes. But uh, you know, God God gives us all something a little bit different. But everybody's facing some hill. It just is a different one than mm-hmm. than what somebody else is facing. So, um, but yeah, I love the the scripture references that help us to get through those. Another question, how can we attack those hills with enthusiasm? 
I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, it's just like, just do one. it. Yeah. You just do it. I mean, that's really just all there is to it, right? Um, we know that we enjoy anything that we do with enthusiasm. We enjoy it more. If we do any, whatever we do, if we do it with enthusiasm, we are going to enjoy it more. If, if our thought is I've got to go, I have to go run this afternoon. We, it's not going to be as enjoyable. It may not even happen. That's right. But now if I go, man, this afternoon I get to go run, you know, (laughs) it just, we don't have to dread things, but we think we do. And the, part of our culture these days is the it's almost like part of the whole victim thing is it's it's fashionable like if i ever ask our team how's everybody doing there is never ever a time where somebody's not going to say i'm just tired (laughs) you know it's it comes out of our mouth so fast Mm -hmm. and that thought is in our head Mm -hmm. and it's swimming around in there all the time well what do you how do you think that's going to manifest itself in how you feel Mm -hmm. you're going to make yourself feel tired well i saw on the facebook group somebody tagged you i think it was on outside magazine did you see that oh no i did somebody tagged you and it was I think it was outside magazine talking about the benefits of smiling during run. Yeah. And they said, you know, we talked about that a few weeks ago and it's true. It's, it's all your attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we've talked about the spirit animal Eeyore on here before. (laughs) And, but that is, that is where society wants to bring us, but that's the victim. We need to be the victor. You can be a victor in the middle of a valley. You absolutely can. Um, we need to walk down in it with confidence, knowing it's going to be hard. It's going to hurt. It's going to take some out of me, but it's going to make me better. I, I, I feel like a broken record here, but it's we need to hear that. We need to hear it over and over and over that nothing, no valley, no matter how deep it is that God puts in front of you, <laughs> he'll bring you out the other side, and he'll bring you out, you, out to the other side stronger for it. Well, that run that I had with Co is a good example, right? It The... Going and running those hills was worth it because of the stimulating conversation that I was going to have. Mm -hmm. When you face something in life that's hard, it's worth it because on the other end of it or during that, you're going to, there's going to be something. God is going to provide something that is going to make that hill worth it. And you talked about the stimulating conversation, right or wrong. It shouldn't be this way, but when are we closest to God? When we're talking to him, when things are hard, oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. When do do you ever go in a a vacant church in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day, and cry out to God when things are great? No, nope. 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 But I've done it before, and it's when things are bad. The point being, God will allow us to get down there because He knows that when we get to the bottom, He's there. Yep. Society's gone, your friends are gone, your family's gone, everybody's gone. But God's there. There's a reason that God allows us to go into those valleys from time to time, and it's because He knows He's there, and He can, He can get the, the glory for bringing you out of it, yeah. and He will every time. Yep. Last question: How is God teaching you through all these hills? Well, I think He teaches us by showing us that we've already conquered some hills, right, and that. Um, you know, I've talked about 
losing a job and all that entails. And, um, and he, he showed me some very obvious things during that time. And that's what God is going to do for us when we go through these trials. Um, and the next time that I have a serious life event that's going to cause me some heartache and heartburn, I can look back at that time and go, well, God was there. And, but for a long time, I ignored him. Let's not do that this time. <laughs> goes back to that wisdom you were talking about, right? Um, I think that's the bottom line. The bottom line is we we've got to have some wisdom in how we deal with these things, and and things will they'll they'll just go better. Well, I think also he he allows us many times on those. Again, I'm saying I'm saying valleys for spiritual and hills for running, but many times in those valleys is when we find those. I've had it moments or never again moments. Yeah. You know, I, I think about Terry, I, you know, back to his story. I don't know what happened that made him decide I need to lose a hundred pounds and get my life in order and healthy again. But I have to think it was a pretty dark moment when that happened. Mm -hmm. And maybe God was allowing him into some sort of Valley. And he said, never again, I've had it. That yeah. won't happen again. And now look where he's at. And yeah. if, if we just stay in the foothills, we never get to those moments. You know, yeah. for some people, it's I've had it. I'll never be in debt again because it's it's messed me up financially. For some people, it's I will. I've had it. I'm going to I'm going to work on my marriage and I'm going to have the best marriage ever going forward. Many times it's those visceral reactions we have that we can only find in the valleys Yeah, that completely changes our life. And it's just another reason that sometimes we need to get down there because if we stay in the foothills and things are just kind of hard all the time, things are just kind of hard the rest of our life. Yep. But if we go to those really, really hard places, it, the net effect is it makes our life easier, Yeah. but we don't see that so many times going into them. Good word. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. So let me... uh. Let me bring us back and say, I just said in the break, I feel like we were saying the same thing over and over there. Yeah. But I think it's for good reason. Yeah. I think every one of those questions, every one of those verses all come at from a different angle, but the answer is all the same. So like, if we sounded repetitive there, it wasn't intended. It's just those are the answers in every situation. It's like running hill repeats, right? Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I found this fascinating. I had never thought about this, and then I don't remember where I heard this, but this is so interesting. Have you ever thought about how many different ways the word run is used? Never thought about that, Dean. Well, listen to some of this. The athletes are running towards the finish line. 
sorry, I can't talk now. I've got to run. He had to run to a meeting. He'll be back later. She runs a tutoring business. I'm running a special project this month. The bus runs every 10 minutes. Uh, He left the car running while he went in the store. Uh, My nose is running. Uh, There's no running water in the village. Uh, Melanie is running for state senator. Um, Repairs to your air conditioner can run you a couple thousand dollars. Uh, I wasn't expecting to run into my dentist. Uh, We didn't need to finish on time because we ran into a few problems. I ran over a rabbit while driving home from work. We ran out of popcorn. Um, I have a couple ideas I'd like to run by you. Uh, I don't have time for hobbies because I'm always on the run. Um, I I know it's not a lot of fun to run hills, but it's good for you in the long run. (laughs) I got a ticket for running a red light. Mental illness runs in the family. Um... She gave him a run for his money. I ran some errands this afternoon. Um, The organization runs like clockwork. I ran out of steam halfway through. Um, The idea is running rampant. (laughs) Uh, Run of the mill. Um, Hitting a home run. Uh, Training hard in the run up to the tournament or the race. The director runs a tight ship. Um, You can run interference. And here's a bad one. You can have the runs. (laughs) Or you can run yourself ragged. Or his views run counter to um, other views. Um, Just, and and all these things run the gamut. You ever think there were that many ways to use the word run? I've never thought about that. But yeah. you, you know what sticks out to me more than anything about what you just said, and well, it's not the word run. What? I've never seen a rabbit as roadkill. Have you ever seen a dead rabbit on the side of the road? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I've never seen one. Have you I've not? seen squirrels, possums. You don't see many rabbits. That's a good point. Armadillos, deer. Yeah. The occasional coyote. But I've never seen a rabbit. Yeah, I haven't seen many of them. That's for sure. But I've seen a few. Well, that's weird that that's what stuck out to me. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've, so what's the point? I don't know. I just, we're, we're runners. <laughs> and so think about how universal the word is. Yeah. It's just, isn't it awesome to be part of something that is, and of course we're using it in the most important sense, maybe. In the right way. In the right way. Yeah. Yeah, the absolute. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this story goes right along with Terry's story. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> it's called Commitment with Confidence. We have a rite of passage every year at Dalton State College Cross Country. We simply call it Mount Sinai, named after the road that takes us to the top of a hill. It's a mile and a half long hill that averages over 10% grade. It is tough. The last couple of years, I've not been able to run it because our ladies have been having to, because our ladies. <laughs> Let me start. The last couple of years, I've not been able to run it with our ladies because of having to hold athletes out as a precaution. But this year, I was able to make the climb. The ladies on the team have a goal of reaching the top as quickly as possible. 
It takes them just a few minutes less time to reach the top than it would for a 5K race. So it's a great way to mentally prepare for race situations. The first half mile is not too bad, but it gets steeper as you go with the steepest part reserved for the very last 100 meters. It will make your quads burn and your lungs feel as if they are going to burst out of your chest. It is a great accomplishment to reach the top. I remember one year we had a freshman who brought her boyfriend back to the mountain to show him what she had done because she was so proud of herself. As I said, it is a great mental boost as well as a physical challenge. So this year, I began with the group and immediately found myself pulling away from the group. I thought our All-American athlete would go with me, but she did not. I wasn't sure if I wanted to run hard all the way to the top or turn around and cheer for the ladies. About a quarter of a mile into the run, I thought it would be good for me to run hard all the way to the top. It was decided. Then a funny thing happened. After making the first two left turns on the way up, I looked back to see where everyone was. They were about 40 meters behind me. And they all looked good, so I kept running. Just before the first mile was complete, we made another left turn. And after about 60 meters, I I turned to look back. No one was in sight. I ran a little further. Still, no one. So I stopped to wait. Our first lady came around the corner, and then it was some time before the second one made the turn. I made the decision to turn and cheer for them. Now, if it sounds like I was being a cheerleader and I felt like uh, felt like being the nice guy as I sacrificed my run for their edification, that's not what happened at all. By way of full disclosure, I gave up. It was hard, and I just didn't want to run hard all the way to the top. I gave myself the excuse of waiting for them. I ran with our All-American the rest of the way to the top, cheering for her as we went. These are college athletes. They don't need me cheering for them. As a matter of fact, it may be better for them to make those tough decisions to keep working hard without my urging. It was an excuse to make it easier on myself, plain and simple. So what's the point of the story, you may be asking? Well, let me ask you this question. Why did I give up? I mean, yes, it was hard, and that was the surface reason, but what was the underlying reason? What made me weak in that moment when I turned to look back? Well, here's the truth. I never really committed to running hard all the way up. If I had gone into the run with determination to measure my performance the same way I was measuring theirs, I probably would not have stopped. This is, in my opinion, the number one reason why we fail to reach running goals. We're either not committed enough or we don't have the confidence to follow through. We can't hope to get to the top. We have to be determined to do it. And we have to understand that we can do it. Whatever your struggle, commit to it. I don't know how many times I have run with a fairly new runner and they tell me during the run, I just can't make it the last mile. I need to walk. I will tell them over and over that they can and will make it through that last mile. Most of the time, they make it. The ability to make it was there the entire time, but they were not really committed to it and or they lacked the confidence to get it done. When I encourage them, I'm not changing their physical ability at all, but I am trying to alter the way they think about what they are doing. The challenge to follow through on running goals is very similar to sharing Jesus with others. We all want to share Jesus, but we will say, I'm just waiting for an opportunity. That statement is a lot like me going into that mountain run, not sure of what I want to do. Commit to sharing Christ with others and open the doors yourself with confidence. When you share, when you share, it is the most important thing you'll ever share. It is the commandment Jesus gave us just before he left earth. Commit with confidence. 
If you struggle to finish runs or workouts, maybe it's a matter of commitment. But that is something you can change. The next time you have a tough day coming up on your training plan, commit with confidence and you will almost certainly be more successful. The next time you see that lost person, don't wait for them to open the door. Gently ease that door open yourself. Commit to it with confidence. Commitment with confidence could change your running forever. More importantly, it could change someone else's spiritual life forever. (laughs) That's a great story, Dean. I kind of had a conversation last night with my two boys kind of about this very thing. We were talking, you know, Landon has a race coming up. And you know how I am. I'm a very goal-oriented person. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's set a goal. But too many times in our society today is we don't want to do that because of a few reasons. One, the fear of failure. Two, the fear of not hitting it and what other people will think. Three, you don't want to hold yourself accountable. And and there's, you know, we talked about the um, atomic habits. And that's kind of the reason I don't like some of that book is because it minimalizes the goal. But I want to hear I want to hear your thoughts on goals because just like and and this is a bad example because you really didn't know what you were going to do to start that run but do you see it that so many people don't want you know we say in the 5k challenge sign up sign up for a race and then tell everybody on social media yeah we don't want to do that nowadays yeah, just right. like like Landon last night, I said, "What's your goal, man?" I could not get a goal out of him. Yeah, make it a process goal, make it a time goal. It's hard, you know. Heritage is a hard one to put a time goal on, but I feel like going into anything, we need to have a goal. Yeah, but so many times we go into situations nowadays, just like you went into that run. Yeah, right. Eh, whatever happens. Well, you're never going to get the result you want if you go into a process with that kind of goal. Yeah, well, I don't know if you say never, but most of the time you won't. Most of the time you yeah, won't. I mean, because yeah. you're going to you're going to succumb to when it gets hard. We've always said you need to go ahead and decide before the race what you're going to do when it gets hard. That's right. And but but the truth is, we don't. We very often don't. We very often do it like this. And right. my my thoughts are. To me, goals are just goals are just automatic. I can't imagine going into something without a goal, like a race or whatever. I've Could always, you I, ever imagine? Okay, so for your cross country athletes, do you think it's almost mandatory that they have a goal of some kind going into that race? Every time, yeah. Every time, yes, uh, I do. Now, I think that for some the focus on that goal needs to be different. Mm-hmm. Like for some people, if some people obsess over a goal to the point where it's detrimental. Sure. Because the way I look at goals is, okay, I'm going to run, I'm running a race Saturday. Mm-hmm. My goal is to run at least 1702. That's my goal. Okay. Now, uh, and I know that sounds funny. 1702. Why not 1659? <laughs> 1702 <laughs> is 90% on the age grade calculator. So, but sixteen fifty nine, I do as well. It, yes, yes. <laughs> obviously, I'd prefer that. But seventeen oh two is my goal, right? So, um, 
but I'm not going to think that much. I'm not going to be thinking beforehand. I got to run 1702. Uh, but what I am going to think is 1702 means running 628 per mile. It means, okay, that first mile is a little downhill. I'm probably going to run that first mile a little faster. So, you know, and, and so I'm thinking about the processes, the processes of, of going through and all the little things. And what am I going to do? Cause I know what's going to happen. It's an out and back race. When I get to that turnaround, it's really easy when you get that turnaround to kind of ease up a little bit. I'm going to turn around. And as soon as I get back on it, I'm going to hit that gas and go hard on the way back in. I think about all the little things as I go. And um, so you got to be careful, I think, how you think about goals, because mm-hmm. there are some people who their goal is to beat Sally. And then Sally has a great day and yeah. runs away from them. And then the next thing that they, they're like, I'm done, you yeah. know, and they've got nothing else to run for. Yeah. And that's not a good thing either. Right. So, yeah, I think you just got to be careful with it, I think. But I think we often say we want things, but we don't really commit to it. Uh, you know how we are, how we've always been with the kids. We've always, beginning of the year, and you know how I am. Every team that I've ever coached, I always ask, who wants to be the best you can be? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, almost everybody will raise their hand. And to me, that gives me permission to stay on you about running hard. And um, and it's a commitment. I want to hear you say, I want you to raise that hand and say, I want to be the best I can be because when it comes time to hold somebody accountable, you want to say, remember that time I asked you that question? Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't <laughs> do it. I we got we, tickled a few weeks ago. You asked that question to the cross country team. Yeah. Well, I loved how you did it because you, you very nonchalantly, you said, all right, all the guys that want to be on varsity come stand over here. And you could see all of them, like, because there was like what 12, 13 guys, and we know only seven's going to be on varsity. Yeah. So roughly half of them are going to make the cut. But I just knew that every single one of them was going to walk over there, but like two of them didn't. Yeah. And I, in that moment, I don't know how I felt about those two. Mm-hmm. Part of me respected them because, okay, they're just being honest, and they're they're doing this for a different reason. And there be, and then part of me thought, why aren't you going over there? You know, there's there's no hope for improvement if you're settling from the beginning. So I, I really didn't know how I felt in that moment, but I loved how you posed that question because you didn't set it up, you didn't tee it up, you didn't preface it. You just said, "All right, everybody that's going to be on varsity, come over here." And it was funny to watch the dynamic in that moment of the different personalities. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, and you, you, we, you, you and I have done that before. You know, we've done things like lot, play you play mind games sometimes in <laughs> practice for for good reason, right? And it helps them grow when, sure. when you do that. So I'm sure that some of them thought about that afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I made this decision, and um, it, what's interesting is when you do it again the next time and see who does something different. Because that'll happen. So are you going to do that again? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we can't hope to get stuff done. We have to be determined to get it done. Um, and I, I've said it before. It's not a question of if I'm going to run today. It's a question of when I'm going to run today. Mm-hmm. For Debbie, it's not a question of if she's going to get in her 10,000 steps. If it's going to rain all day long, well, she's going to walk up and down the hallway in the house if that's mm-hmm. what it takes to get them in. And that's what she'll do. And... Mm-hmm. Um, we got to commit to things and we just don't commit to things these days. Right. And just like you said, uh, and I wonder if that's part of why church attendance is down these days. 
it, it, because there's so many other options now, and, and especially now with the online stuff that's that's available, uh, people have options, and um, there's not a they don't feel compelled to commit to it. In the past, I feel like that's been part of church culture is to compel yourself to to make sure that you're there. I feel like that has been taken away from us. By the way, I. You've you've gotten some high praise on your uh, from two weeks ago the where you were talking about being in church and yeah. you know talking about going to the beach and all that. Um, I, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we we didn't hear that in a few sermons going yeah. forward. Oh wow, oh, that's um, interesting. So you had some <laughs> some high praise from that that podcast. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing is when it comes to deciding a lot of times and you mentioned this idea of holding yourself accountable a lot of times some of the best things come when our backs against the wall mm-hmm. and sometimes sure. we need to put ourselves with our back against the wall on purpose so that we can come out and because that's when the fiercest fighting is done. And sometimes that's what we need. Uh, and I think that it's like doing a hill workout. You may not like hills, but you're doing, you're running hills on purpose. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's important. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station on J Radio. We're back, and every week I share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is the reason this week. There are many ways to run. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, I like the traditional road race type runs, uh, but there are also trail races, and then there are mud runs. There's obstacle course runs. You can run ultras both on the road or the trail. Um, there are these long relays where you, it's 200 miles long and you, you've run some of those. Um, 24 hour runs. Um, you can be competitive as you run or you can just run for fun. Um, you can run your guts out or you can take it easy um, or even walk. Um, and that's all part of all of the same thing. And we love our walkers. And so there's so many things out there that you can do with running. There's another thing out there that a lot of people don't, don't know about. And I learned about this back when I was in high school and I wondered, I thought, I I don't hear about that anymore. So it's probably not a thing anymore, but it is, it's called orienteering. Have you ever heard of it? Hmm. So orienteering is, it's interesting. You, there's a topographical map that you get in orient in orienteering and the, what, what happens is you get that map and you have a certain amount of time to study that map beforehand. Usually it's a team event. And then you have to negotiate this course based on that type of gra- topographical map. And you have to pick up flags in particular areas. So there's no course. You just have to figure out the course based on looking at that map. And, um, and get from point A to point B 
and then hit all those points in between. And it's really interesting. So orienteering, if you've never heard of it and that kind of thing might interest you, maybe you look into it. I don't know how much of it's done anymore. I, I looked it up and saw that it is still a thing. So some people are still doing it. I've just never seen anybody doing it. Not since high school, at least. So I cannot believe I'm, I'm sitting here going through. I'm, I'm paying attention, but I'm also trying to pull something up here. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. You just made me think of it when you talked about the relay. So Holly and I, this past weekend, we had a little anniversary getaway, and we went to Burnsville, North Carolina. I wanted My whole purpose for this trip is I wanted to go somewhere that was relatively close but cooler because mm-hmm. it's – hot as blazes here so you go to burnsville to be burnsville yeah i just thought about that (laughs) so i go to i look up places that are where's the coolest place on the east coast well i found mount mitchell mount mitchell is about seven thousand feet it's in north carolina it's about four hours away and so there's no there's no places to stay on mount mitchell so i thought well the foothills of that that's gonna be higher in elevation so i found burnsville north carolina Elevation's about 2,600 feet. Looked at the weather forecast. Sure enough, it's 15, 20 degrees cooler than it is here. It's four hours away. Long story short, we we pull into Burnsville, North Carolina last Thursday. And we pull into town, and I'm like, I've been here before. And Holly's like, we've never been to Burnsville, North Carolina. I'm like, that's what I thought, but I've been here. And I got to thinking, I said... I wonder if this is where the Blue Ridge Relay came through. Blue Ridge Relay is 208-mile relay that six of us did years ago. It's actually, if you read the the story of how Run for God started, part of the reason for the T-shirt came as a result of that race. We had these shirts made named, called Run for Katie, and I was blown away at how many people ask about our shirts. Anyway, that's how the Run for God shirt partly was birthed, was because of this race. So I went in, and we're checking into the hotel. I said, let me ask you a weird question. I said, does this the Blue Ridge Relay come through here? She said, oh, yeah, it comes right in front of here. <laughs> and people come in here, and so I remembered it. And um, so I sent all the guys a text that I'm, I'm at this place. So then we're out riding around one day, and I come up on on this switchback. Have you ever seen a switchback like that? Huh. And as we're running, as we're driving down, this is probably, I don't know, four or five hundred feet of drop right here. It's hard to tell from the picture. If you're if you're watching the podcast, I've got the picture up here. But as we rounded the curve and I saw this switchback, I said, this is a leg of the relay. And I ran this leg of the relay and I realized this is what made me realize sometimes it's faster to walk than run. Yeah. Because. This, I don't know how many miles it is. It may be a mile of switchbacks here. I mean, it goes back and forth, I think, eight or nine times. Yeah. And in these (laughs) sharp switchbacks, it really is faster to walk. Just to walk. Because I'll never forget, my legs were just absolutely... Anyway, (laughs) so you you mentioned the Blue Ridge Relay, and it was weird this past weekend. I found myself on that course not even realizing it. That's funny. It's kind of fun. Good, good good time to to think back well i was reading something this weekend and we it talked about running based on effort and when you run based on effort according to some people they call it the boomer method (laughs) so boomer the boomer method meaning old people do that run by effort thing 
you know, us modern day people, we don't do things based on effort. We do it based on science, you know, or whatever, I guess. Um, but I, I like doing some stuff based on effort and I think it's really important to do some stuff based on effort. And, um, I just thought that was interesting. The boomer method. So I, th- I think well, I used to train based on the boomer method. If you yeah. remember out here, we had spin out here in the building with the kids yeah. where we all brought their bikes and their trainers. And I never had my method, especially when they were young was I had, I had 10 hand drawn smiley faces and it was RPE rated perceived exertion. And I had yeah. a smiley face yeah. all the way down to a crying face. Yeah. And I would prescribe the workouts mm-hmm. based on this is what your face needs to look like yeah. during the, and of course we had some that would fake it, but yeah, but I, I mean, so that was the boomer method is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Well, I think when we look at improvements in times over the years, we know that a lot of the improvement in times has really nothing to do with training plans. It has everything to do with equipment, shoes and tracks and and those kinds of things. And I just wonder how much today's training really makes a difference in making people faster. And could you be just pretty much just as fast if you just trained by effort like people did you know, 50 years ago, everything was based on effort. We didn't have heart rate monitors and we couldn't check your uh, lactate level while you were running and doing all these crazy scientific things. I just wonder if it makes a difference. What do you think? You're saying, does the technology, does, what are you asking? I, I guess I'm asking is all the convoluted training things that we do today. Do they really mean anything? Or, you know, the, the I, I mean, yeah, I think I think it has. I, I, mean, mean, do, I mean, does knowing exactly what your lactate threshold make a difference? Or when we used to do it just based on effort, was that just as effective as knowing exactly what our lactate threshold is? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess I look at triathlon. Let's look at Ironman because it's but, hard to look at running because it's so old. But well, that's why it's good to, to look at running. Mm-hmm. Okay, triathlon since the has been around since the late seventies. Relatively new sport. the The records in triathlon have have been broken through the years at a pretty decent pace. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been until the last, I would say, 10 years that you started to see the athletes who came through the junior ranks. Records are being smashed nowadays. It's not even close. You know at every single Ironman, a record is just going to be obliterated nowadays because I think it's because of the training methods more so than the technology. At least in triathlon. You agree with that? No, not at all. So why don't you agree with that? Because I think it's just because triathlon's new. And so people are figuring stuff out. I mean, But they're figuring are, out the right way to train. I don't think it's training. I just think it's pushing your body. And yeah, maybe some, some training. But I don't think it's any different than the fact that the world record for the mile got a lot faster from 1900 to 1930. You know what I mean? That... 
back when we didn't know that much about running, yeah, the they're, in other words, they're pulling down the low-hanging fruit, the things that maybe... But a lot of those are training principles. They are training principles. But, but again, all of those things, when I talk about running, all those things were learned years ago. Arthur Lydiard had it all figured out right. back in the 60s. And the stuff we do today is all just variations on what he knew. Right. And so... That, that I guess what I'm saying is in triathlon it's different because yeah there are some things we we didn't know um, it's new enough that you don't know that it's like I don't know what's a new sport um, people are a lot better at pickleball today than they were five years ago because pickleball is a new sport mm-hmm. and I I don't know I think that's the way I don't know that's what I think but I I don't, I don't know I just think that uh, I think there's to show you how new triathlon is. You and I are actually having lunch today with the founder of USA Triathlon. Yeah, isn't that crazy? We'll, maybe we'll get him on this podcast, but uh, that shows you how new it is. Yeah. Is the <laughs> the founder of the sport, the governing body of the sport is still around, and we're going we get lucky enough to have lunch with him today. Uh, gonna, it's going to be a pretty cool lunch. It is, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I just think I think running by feel is very valuable, and I think we should all do it from time to time. And then I think there's times to just turn your watch off and, and go. I agree. We and, complicate it too much. Yeah. Some of that stuff can be good, but some of it can be bad as well. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> as I'm famous for saying, just go hard. Yeah. Sometimes go yeah. easy sometimes, and and I think you even said just run long sometimes. Yeah that's that's the secret to a good training plan that's it that's it well um i, I found an interesting website and they were talking about there were there was, i saw a thread they were talking about what's a good marathon time and of course that's a loaded question that depends on the person and there's so mm-hmm. many variables that it's not even worth talking about but i happened upon a website called runningpaces.com and it had all sorts of different ways to look at your pacing when you're running whatever race. And so like if you and it had this one section where it talked about negative splits. And so you could put in there, I want to have a, say, one percent negative split in a 10K and you put in 10K, one percent negative split. And it tells you what your splits should be to run one percent faster for each mile. I just thought that was fascinating. Just something so you put in different. Your goal, your goal, your goal race time, time, your goal race time, one percent, one percent, you know, um, negative each each mile, and then which I would call progression, not negative, but that's that's a whole different category. But um, but that's that's the way that it it works. And I just thought that was kind of fascinating. I wonder what the you know what would be a good statistic record to see. What's that? What is the highest percentage? negative split anyone's ever run well i guess that that that's because you could start off at yeah 20 minute pace yeah that's not yeah i didn't think that through too well yeah well it's interesting <laughs> you know i i, I was reading where Jakob ingebritz and the reason why he's winning these 5ks every time he runs these days is because they had they did a study and they showed where the last 900 meters of his i think the european championship race every hundred meters was faster than hundred meters before it hmm. for 900 the last 900 meters so he started at like 15 then it was 14 9 then it was 14 7 and it just kept getting faster until he ran the last 200 meters in 25 8 wow. yeah yeah uh and, and nobody can stay with him to that point so well i'm trying a new thing 
I'm trying to think. It's called the Airwave mouthpiece. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> Never you know me, it. I try everything because I, I just, I'm fascinated by stuff and a lot of things don't work and I'm, I'm very, very skeptical on this. Um, but not skeptical enough not, to try it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, like I said, I'm willing to try anything. Think about it. Two years ago, I decided to try a plant-based diet. Yeah. I'm still doing it today because I found that it was good. This may be the same way, may not be the same way, but, uh, but anyway, it's a mouthpiece and you have to go through a fitting process. You have to put it in the microwave and it has to get warm and you have to do. Kind of like the old football mouthpiece. Yeah. Just like a, yeah. And, um, and so supposedly it's supposed to pull your lower jaw forward a little bit. And I don't see how it does that, but it says it does. (laughs) But, um, and helps you breathe, and it says it helps you breathe twenty percent more efficiently, and relieve helps you so that you relieve you release fifty percent less cortisol when you run. Well, that could be huge. Fifty percent less cortisol means you're going to recover faster, and so I'm really interested to see how it works. So I'll try it out this afternoon. So it's saying you get twenty percent more air intake. It says it's twenty percent more efficient. Now I don't know exactly what that means. It's hard to believe with something in your mouth. Yes, you it, it is right. More yeah. efficient breathing. Yeah, but I thought about it like this: like if you if you've ever taken a CPR class, you know that when you do CPR, you have to tilt the head back, right, yeah. to open up the airway. And yeah. I thought that's essentially what it's doing: is it's making the airway bigger so that it's easier to breathe in and out of that airway. So, is it something know. you can see? When you're running, I mean, it fits on the bottom of your teeth, just like a just like a mouth football mouthpiece. Yeah, it's a little, it's a lot smaller than that, but I can hear the high schoolers now. I saw Dean running today; he had a mouthpiece in. What's yeah. what's wrong with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I don't care if people laugh at me. Uh, and then finally, one last thing. You know, a, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are, are big fans of Sydney McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. You you know her sure. and, and and love her, and she's great. Do you know she's got a new name? Mm-mm. Yeah. It's Sydney McLaughlin Lavrone. So she got married. Yes, and awesome. so she's she's wanting to go by her married name now, Sydney McLaughlin Lavrone. You don't see that much. No, when you usually people that's got a big name like that, they don't change it. They don't change it, but she mm. she is. So anyway, that's a, I thought that was interesting in the running world. Well, how about a trivia question for this week? I love this one, and this is going to be fun. If you'll research this, you're going to be absolutely astounded by it. So here's the question. Jesse Owens ran in the Big Ten Track and Field Championships on May 25th, 1935. He did something that uh, there that will, in all likelihood, never be matched again. What was his amazing achievement on that day? Do you have any idea what that I is? I have no idea. Oh, my God. Should I? Oh, wait till you. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So you got to go out there and check this out. Okay. Jesse Owens at the Big Ten Track and Field Championships in 1935 did something that I said in all likelihood it'll never be, never happen again. It's never going to happen again. There's no way it's ever going to happen again. It's just that incredible. So if you know the answer to that question, you can send that to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer, then you will win a Run Club Tumblr. So get your answers in and uh, check out what Jesse Owens did. Hopefully everybody knows the name Jesse Owens by now. But yeah. uh, very interesting. All right. So before we sign off, runforgod.com, it's live. It's going good. 
get registered yeah. get signed up and join us yeah get on run club social and join the club it's awesome it's awesome and just last thought of the week motivational thought change don't just talk about it go out there and do it don't just meditate about it go out there and create it don't just pray about it go out there and take action participate in the answering of your own prayer if you want change get out there and live it <laughs> that comes from steve maraboli he's a motivational speaker he's also a veteran so uh hmm. yeah at some point you got to get out there and do it and um you know you've mentioned the israelites at the red sea yeah uh going well we've got to pray about this no no Put you need to and go you need to go yeah. yep cool sure Good All week. right. Yes. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.